It is 1.23 a.m. And the co- and the co-host and the host of the R Regulating Podcast is tired as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, if anybody needs help with their love life, we are here in the R and R studio awaiting your call. Hmm. <laughs> all your calls with all the tired uh, enthusiasm that I can provide for you at the moment. It's not just tired enthusiasm, it's quiet enthusiasm. <laughs> quiet enthusiasm, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be an interesting episode, but I will save that for after the intro. So without further we'll, ado, we'll just we'll pretend that you're recording the episode from inside um, one of Metal Gear Solid's lockers. <laughs> Metal Gear. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're too loud, Brent! One of the guards will come out and find you, and then we'll have to end the episode early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that at all. So yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get this show on the road, shall we? Welcome to episode 24 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. I'm your quiet host, Byron Reed, and alongside me is my co-host... The extremely loud Ken Russie. <laughs> now, let me explain to you why I'm being so quiet this evening. It is 1.25am, and I'm tired as anything. And uh, my brother is currently sleeping in the next room over for me... Because of my work schedule, I got off at midnight and had to record a podcast to stay consistent like we have been. So this is why we're doing things You make it sound like right I now. twisted your arm to record a podcast. <laughs> What's up? You made it sound like I'm twisting your arm or like record the no, podcast no, no. or else. <laughs> well, if you twist my arm, it would probably break because I'm so skinny. But no. <clears throat> um, uh, these next two weeks... Will probably be quiet casts, um, at least on my end, and I apologize for that. But there's nothing I can do about it, so I we'll have to deal with it and work through it the best we possibly can because holiday time in retail sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep, been there, damn that. Yeah. So without further ado, uh, Ken, what you been playing? Oh, I knew I had to say something. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> It's too late at night. Um, Caught you off guard, man. <clears throat> yeah. Well, actually, um, I did pick up Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two for Nintendo Switch. Oh, um, nice, and in case nice. you're in case you're wondering, that is its official title: Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two for Nintendo Switch. It's like well, on it's on the spine art and everything. <laughs> um. But no, it was one of those uh, Black Friday deals, so I got it for twenty bucks, <clears throat> and I needed something on my Switch that I can play that doesn't require like super a lot of attention, because uh, I think I've mentioned this before. But I like to play on my Nintendo Switch while I have a show going, so I can kind of pay attention to the show but keep active, like play a game. Um, right, 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 right. And so if it's a super story-heavy game, 
that has a lot of talking that doesn't work out uh, as well. But since this is like a fighting game, uh, there's a lot more just like beating the shit out of whatever uh, comes my way. Um, and this time around, uh, I decided to uh, play as a Boo character. Uh, I guess a Majin Buu character, if you know what that oh, is. very cool, yes. Yeah, they allow you to play as the, the pink blobs, and you can be a male or female. <clears throat> and I decided to be a female because why not? Yeah, um, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, right now, yeah, I'm, I haven't gotten a whole uh, lot into it. Like, I'm still doing their tutorial stuff. So there's a lot of tutorials uh, in this game. Um, it seems like it's supposed to be like an open world uh, where like everybody's in the main hub and then you go can do story stuff or fight against people or whatever. Um, haven't come across anyone yet. Don't know if that's because it's for the Nintendo Switch and, and nobody's really playing it or um, <laughs> if I'm just I'm still in this tutorial uh, phase. And so once I get out of the tutorial, uh, it'll open up and I'll see people running around that. Uh, are real people and aren't just uh, the NPCs that I've been finding everywhere. Um, Very true. <clears throat> I've been wanting to play that game, but I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna wait for uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighters to come out. That looks fire. <laughs> right. Well, this is um, you know compared to like uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighters, um, that's like a pure 2D fighter, like uh, the Budokai games. Um, yeah, whereas Xenoverse, it's more, uh, open world-ish and like there's a big map and you can have, uh, lots of baddies coming at you and you like fly around everywhere instead of just being, you know, on a horizontal plane uh, where you're fighting. And I don't know if, uh, Fighter Z is that way, but, uh, it seems like I remember reading that somewhere. Anyways, um, I mean, it's, it's not a bad game. Uh, the voice acting uh, is from the Funimation group. So all oh, okay, those guys, nice. That's cool. yeah, all those guys have their original voices is what you'd see, uh, in the animation. I gotta be honest though. Um, I've been watching the Dragon Ball Z abridged on uh, YouTube <laughs> with the fan voices. And I'm a little disappointed oh, <clears throat> because they don't have <laughs> the fan voices like I'm used to. So, um, I almost wish that that was like an option. Like, I understand it can't be, uh, what people get, but I almost wish that that was like a DLC option, like a $10, $20 pack that you could buy that would make all the voices be from the guys from Dragon Ball Z abridged. <laughs> like, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be uh, super awesome. Uh, but yeah, it, it has a pretty standard RPG fare too. Like there's level up and you can increase your attack and damage and all sorts of stuff um but yeah that's kind of where i'm at with it like i said i haven't played a whole lot uh too in depth so uh, that's kind of where i'm at but Sounds uh that's good yeah man what have you been playing i i haven't really had a whole lot of time to play a lot of things this week but uh i've been playing some overwatch and some ncaa football 14 on my xbox 360 uh, I started up a single-player dynasty as a coach, the head coach of the UAB Blazers. I And how I did this, I was like, well, I want to part of another dynasty. So I closed my eyes, picked the one, and went through the one-star teams, opened my eyes, 
landed on fucking UAV. <laughs> so they have the. Uh, I'm using the current rosters thanks to Operation Sports. Um, I am so far two and zero in the season. I played Idaho and Eastern Michigan, beat Eastern Michigan uh, twenty four or something. I forget what it was. And Idaho, mm-hmm. I beat nineteen fifteen. Had to kick four field goals, and I scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, thanks to my quarterback AJ Erdley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun so far, though, for me. Um, they have the worst overall in the game, sixty-seven. <laughs> so oh, damn. it's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be a challenge, but I'm only <clears> planning <throat> on staying there for a few maybe till I win a conference championship or two, and then I'll uh, hightail it to another a bigger uh, program. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I've been doing that as well as the online dynasty that I'm in with some of some of our friends. Not you. Uh, <laughs> um, gotta, get, gotta get you back in there, man. Yeah. Well, but, you know, uh, it's funny because uh, I swear um, that I had heard that EA was going to put NCAA on the uh, backwards compatibility list. But then I think I was dreaming. <laughs> like, I think I had a dream. Yeah, I think I had a dream that EA put it on the backwards compatibility list and I was able to play it on the Xbox One. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. Unfortunately, I mean, no. I, I hope I hope I'm wrong. But. You know what? I think that they're not going to put it on there, um, unless or until the IMF or IGM, whatever the guys uh, gaming that are trying to get it an NCAA football game made. Oh yeah. yeah I bet guys, yeah. that if they get the money and they start making their game or they get the game made, the EA will make it backwards compatible. Um, and put it on the Xbox at that point. Yeah, because that, uh, that's looking pretty interesting early on anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, we can save that for another time. But there's really been playing Overwatch and NCAA football right now. Um, hmm. It's kind of it. <laughs> the right. I, I really want to apologize for my volume right now. I'm pretty sure I'm not as loud as I usually am. But again, I'm going to be apologizing a lot in this in these next two weeks so yeah without further ado let's uh, get into the news <music> PUBG will run at 30 fps on all xbox ones in a new interview brandon green who is player unknown for those not in the know haha uh he mm-hmm. says that the game will run at 30 fps across all xbox one platforms when it comes to their preview program in december mm-hmm. and uh i forgot i had the tweet and everything i forgot that i told you about that there was a tweet that he uh he posted basically saying that he wanted to clarify the statement that he made in an earlier interview about the about the the frames and all that other stuff. I don't have it up at the moment. I had it and then I took it away. I meant to bring it back and never did. So apologize. Um, well, you know that. Uh, uh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that that game comes out in about less than a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, he uh, he notes that uh, Bluehole is constantly improving the game before launch, and he has great faith to hit 60 FPS across all platforms uh, at some point. So, 
it'll be nice to see it in 60 FPS, but I mean, honestly, for me, I've been playing console games my my whole life, pretty much, and if there if there was a game at 60 FPS, I haven't seen it because I don't know what it looks like. So there's that. Most console games don't run at 60 FPS, so I'm not surprised. I, well, I think it depends. Run at 60 FPS anyway. Yeah, it depends on the game, but <clears throat> uh, I mean, honestly, for me, I've I've never really. It's hard for me to notice the difference between 30 and 60 uh, frames per second, so I'm probably not the best uh, yeah. judge, but I do think it depends yeah, I d- on I don't, the video uh, game. Yeah, I don't remember if Destiny on PC went to 60 FPS, because that game looks so smooth on PC from what I've seen of it over there. So if it runs at 60 FPS, and if that's what it looks like, then okay, I can see a difference. Right. But, uh... Um, if not, then I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually going to try and get the tweet up, but you can go ahead if you have your news story. <laughs> oh, I always have my news story ready. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I have mine ready. Blame blame the tiredness. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, no, my uh, news story that I was going to talk about uh, is where is this coming from? Do do do. Um, Super Data is reporting that microtransactions from free-to-play games is almost three times the revenue of paid game releases. Jesus. Um, so why to, am I not surprised? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, they have a chart, and I apologize if you're on YouTube and I'm not showing you the chart. Um, it's late at night. I didn't have a lot of time, but that's <laughs> <laughs> um, putting this on him. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so far this year, um, PC and console full release games have equaled out to eight billion dollars, and uh, the additional content like DLC and extra packs and VC and whatever has come out to five billion dollars. On PC, wow. free-to-play games have earned $22 billion this year. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> um, you know, it's it's definitely interesting that uh, Battlefront 2 has come down with a lot of gripe about their loot boxes and, and how much people have to pay to get that. Um, but when you consider free-to-play games are uh, three times the amount of what people are paying on those. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, just working in the money. <clears throat> yeah. Now, um, I do want to bring up a caveat because this doesn't say how many free-to-play games that is. Uh, you know, if that's like 200 free-to-play games and, you know, you <laughs> divide that... Um, that doesn't quite come out to one billion uh, per game, right? But right, exactly. You know, so you kind of have to caveat that, like, like is it one game that's earning a lot? Like, I guess a good example would be Team Fortress Two. Um, does does that have more money than maybe like the Marvel Heroes Omega that got shut down? Like, how much did that make? Uh, 
on it compared to like some of the others because it seems like if that game was making 22 billion uh it it would seem kind of ridiculous for them to put the axe <laughs> you yeah, know yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so a little bit of a caveat but a very interesting uh story and they even uh they say by uh 2022 that they expect uh, the free to play to have about twenty five billion a year. Um, of course, they expect PC and console games to make about eleven billion <clears throat> in five short years. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that also brings up a, a quick and a quick discussion we can have about that whole thing. Okay. Uh, do you think it's because that you know those games are free to play? Whereas most of, whereas majority of their money comes from microtransactions, versus these games that are sixty dollars, you know, sixty, eighty, whatever you're spending on these games, and you and you're paying the extra money, um, you know, to, to you know, help get the games for you know DLC and all the other business. Do you think right. that that is a big reason as to why we're seeing so much uh, flack <clears throat> come to the AAA titles? And and do you think that if these kinds of micro microtransactions were to go away from these AAA games, would we see a price hike? Because that was that discussion that mm. I was that I was listening in on in the, the press row podcast uh, this week that they had. Well, those are all um, really interesting and questions. Like what if what if questions <laughs> on the business? Yeah, um, and. You know, it really is hard to say whether either if or, you know, what could happen. <clears throat> um, but I think that uh, what I can say about this is that I uh, I did read a story, and this was probably five years ago that I read this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an interview with an app maker for iPhone. And they were saying that um, if they put out a game, and let's say they charge $0.99 cents for it, and they put out another game, and it was free to play, but then you could buy, it was like $5 to buy the game um, once you got in there and played it, they mm-hmm. had like three times the amount of sales on the free to play game than they did the 99 cent game even though it cost more to to officially buy um the free to play game essentially uh it sold more because people didn't have to if you will take a risk uh, on it or right. um, yeah, yeah, exactly. either that or once you're like in the game the brain says it's okay to pay in this game for whatever reason so that's yeah, why because you didn't pay any money for the game itself <clears throat> really yeah something You're i don't know if it's in the game. yeah i don't know if it's psychological like well the game is free so i'll just pay you know whatever or if it's yeah. um something that like oh i need to get this for my game i, I don't know what it is but that's what they had found out that they made more money making the game free and having people pay for the game in the app 
than they did having people just buy the app outright. And yeah, so that is interesting. Yeah. So I mean it it's possible that that's a future we could look at as far as uh, video games entertainment goes is that everything you know I mean look at uh, Xbox like I can't tell you how many games now have a quote unquote free trial that you can play the game and then once you're done with it it's like buy the game and that makes me wonder if they're following that same principle where it's somebody's more willing to pay for the game once they've played it as opposed to somebody just buying the game outright um, and then uh, yeah spending the money more for yeah whatever it is yeah I don't I don't remember the guy who said this in the episode I I apologize for that his name but he basically said Colin Bobby (laughs) yeah he said that you know if these microtransactions and stuff were to go away from from these $60 games that we have now that prices would go up on these games because we know that they're getting more expensive to make we know this um but you know th- this is their way of buffering it out and he, he he wasn't using it as an excuse or justification for why they're doing what they're doing at all but that was just his point okay so i i kind of that... i feel the need to stop you there um because bobby is completely wrong mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, that was his opinion. But, you know. <laughs> uh, games are only being uh, more expensive because people want pay raises for them. Um, and you can look at the indie market for a clear indication of how much games cost and uh, how long or how hard it takes to make them. I mean, even on uh, Kickstarter, you can get an idea of how much it costs for games and how long it takes to make them. So, um, I don't really agree with that, that if they removed it, games would go up. Now, if they removed the stuff, uh, AAA game publishers might go, well, we want more money, so we're going to charge more uh, for this stuff. I could see that happening. Um but i mean a lot of stuff that is dlc you don't even need like 90% of the dlc that that i've seen isn't relevant to enjoying the game you know mm-hmm. like you can enjoy the game just fine and you don't need any dlc you know besides horse, horse armor <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i was going to say besides ea and them going <laughs> Uh, oh, you bought this game used? Well, then you need to pay our $20 fee to play this game online with people. <laughs> oh, the online pass. Oh, that was such a garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <The> worst. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry, no, I, I think... I've ever seen my life with an online pass. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think... Um, I don't think that's the case. I don't think if they removed loot boxes and stuff like that, that it would make games more expensive. I think that's uh, a bogus uh, philosophy. It's bologus. It's it's bogus and baloney. Bologus. I just invented the new word. I like it. I like it. it. Coined on the podcast. Don't uh, trademark that. We've already done it. (laughs) Yeah, you can get a shirt next week. Yeah. 
my uh, <laughs> my second piece of news um, is that there are new screenshots for Code Vein. Code Vein is the action RPG that uh, Bandai Namco is working on. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I said all that is because during our pre-show discussion, I butchered the name and said everything else but Bandai Namco. Uh, but now that I've got it, Bandai Namco. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> they released they released new screenshots showcasing the IV Blood Veil, which is a swift attack that allows players to produce thorns that emerge from the ground and hit enemies from from a distance. And these these blood veils will allow you to regain Icor in the game, and it allows you to unlock special abilities that they call that they're calling gifts. They have shown what we know of the other blood veils that are in the game right now. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Hounds, Ogre, and Stinger, but that's not all of them yet. And they said that you can switch between between the veils for the right the right moment. So. Uh, you know, for for instance, the Ivy one. You know, you may use that if you want to. You know, hit someone from far away. But let's say the Ogre one. You know, allows you to deal more damage to enemies closer, whatever. Um, you know, you'll use that one for whatever. And, may, and maybe this will create combo between between these different fails. So yeah, I'm kind of excited to see all this stuff actually in action. So I haven't seen any gameplay videos for it yet. They showed a trailer for it at TGS. But that was it, to my knowledge. Um, now this is supposed to be the the Japanese Dark Souls just game, right? I believe that's what this one is. Yes. Okay. If I remember correctly, in the information that I found a while ago, then yes. <laughs> okay, because I just wanted to make sure, and I I put in the card yeah. file for the image for the YouTube video, Byron's Japanese game. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weeb game, bro. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's not a weeb game. It's not a weeb. It's not a weeb game. It's not person. It, it's it's not it's not Persona Five. Still need to play it. I'm I'm waiting for it. I ordered that too, but GameStop is making me sad. I still need I backlogs backlogs <laughs> discussion. That, that, that's, that's backlogs for <laughs> everyone. You get a backlog. You get a backlog. You get a backlog. <laughs> That's just we should have for the year for the year goes out backlogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least that's for this year anyway. But yeah, that was that was kind of it for that news story. I'm right. actually looking forward to Code Vein a lot. Trying to I'm fucking to follow it as best I possibly can because I'm interested in it very much. Right, <laughs> it's my list. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, it looks interesting. But moving along because <laughs> I know you're tired. Yes. <laughs> um. So Capcom has announced that they will be hosting a live stream event on December 4th for the Mega Man 30th anniversary. Uh, for our YouTube viewers, they can see the image of the card. For our uh, podcast viewers, though, I'll read it. They sent out this card to journalists that says, Celebrate the Blue Bombers Big 30th with us. Watch live on December 4th. You won't want to miss it. What Mega Man 30th Anniversary live stream? When? December 4th. It's going to be at 11 to 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. So that'll be, uh, let's see, 12, 1, that'll be 2 p.m. for the Eastern viewers. 
Um, and they're going to have it on their twitch.tv slash Capcom Unity page. And as a Mega Man fan, I am hoping, I am praying, I am sacrificing a chicken to the gods that this is them announcing a Mega Man game. A new one. <laughs> because I'm doing the same, even though I'm not really yeah. a Mega Man fan, but it's more for those that want it. <clears throat> Yeah, because if this is a brand new compilation or it's just more fucking memorabilia that they're announcing, I swear to God, I will go to Twitter and I will troll them so hard that <laughs> they will think they're trying to cross a bridge. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I'm just... You know, okay, I grew up on Mega Man. Like, um, Mega Man is one of the first games I remember playing. And, in fact, my mom has a picture of me, one of my brothers and sisters, and we're sitting in front of a TV with an old NES, and we're playing a game. And if you look at the TV, it's Mega Man. That's what we're playing, is Mega Man. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, so... Mega Man is one of my all-time favorites. We haven't had a new game uh, in 10 years. The last game that I remember was 2007, maybe even earlier than that, uh, because it came out on the PlayStation uh, 2. And this is a brand new game, not um, compilations, because they've given us the two anniversary collections. And I swear to God, I feel like this is just going to be Mega Man Anniversary Collection 3, and I'm just going to, like... <laughs> throw something at my TV <laughs> you know uh, get very angry here because uh, I want a brand new yeah. Mega Man game uh, looking forward to the rant there my friend <laughs> I'm not but I guess we'll find I guess we'll find out on episode 25 what exactly this live stream was all about <laughs> that's very true yeah very, very true yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, for those that want the new Mega Man game, I'm hoping you get it because it's been a while, and that other game we're not going to talk about uh, was a letdown of sorts. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was pretty bad because it was Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Not good. Not good. But anyway, uh, my final news story for the week is another Destiny 2 story. I don't know why anyone is surprised at this point, and I apologize <laughs> if you're not a Destiny person. Um, but, you know, for those that are, you know, this is good. If you've been paying attention to things that have been going on in the Destiny community and all of that, if you listen to any of the podcasts or anything like that, you know, you know things are going on, but if for some reason you're not paying attention, or whatever it may be, or you want to hear hear things from another perspective, here's mine. So, <laughs> there was an article this week from Bungie called The State of Destiny 2, and basically they went and they listed, they listed changes coming to Destiny 2 in the near future as soon as December 5th and December 12th. And in, and in the far future, so sometime into the new year. These changes uh, 
are include 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 a few things. I'm gonna list a few of these things for you. So they include a new weapon tier called Masterworks, better rewards uh, and replay value for activities such as nightfalls, prestige modes, strikes, loot sectors, and private matches in the Crucible. They're targeting early 2018 for that. They're talking about ranked PvP as well, which is interesting and great for me. Um, and they're also talking about how they're looking to <clears throat> keep and open keep the dialogue as open and frequent as possible because they recognize that hey, we haven't been as open with you guys as we should have been, and they realize this. So I'm hoping that all these things come true, and that um, they eventually get the we hear more from them more often because they had a period of time in Destiny 1 where it was like six months and we were just nothing. Didn't know what was going on, didn't know anything. So hoping they can be, you know, true to their word and we get the open dialogue. So we're just going to give a brief breakdown of what the Masterwork weapon tier is. And you can see a picture on the screen here for YouTube. YouTube listeners and viewers, mm -hmm. it shows a picture of the uh, Ariel's gift, and it's got masterworks and all that stuff. So, weapons here, masterworks will feature stat trackers, random rerollable stat bonuses, unique item tooltips, and item detail screens. And the one in particular for the masterwork weapon of Ariel's gift says that it gives a uh, plus ten to reload speed, and the weapon generates orbs on multi kills and displays the number of enemies defeated by using it. So I'm kind of interested to see what exactly um, <clears throat> these things are. They say they say that Masterworks... Uh, oh, I read that already. <laughs> they will drop from any source of legendary weapons for characters above 250 power. The unwanted Masterworks can be dismantled into materials that can upgrade an existing legendary weapon into a Masterwork. The Raid and Trials of the Nine Weapons will have a very high chance to Masterworks, and they have future plans to extend Masterworks to other gear and expose your kill counts in more places. I'm hoping that it's not just things like kill counts, and I'm hoping that the mas that the one for Ariel's Gift is just like is just that for Reload Speed, or if the other the other mods there are different things. Maybe one's Reload Speed, maybe one's you know extra damage, maybe one's increase uh handling or recoil or something so hoping they're different as far as that that whole thing goes right but uh yeah all of the all, there's a whole article i'm not going to read all the changes for you here that would take too long and i'm tired for that but um but yeah it's uh i'm hoping that all these things come to pass because they need to give us more reasons especially me being a hardcore destiny player they need to give more people like me the people who uh made destiny what it is in my opinion uh you know reasons to come back and reasons to play your game because honestly i haven't really been playing it a whole lot right besides getting besides getting my titan leveled i haven't really been playing my other characters because there's not much incentive there's a lot of issues that i have with the game but we'll save that for another time i'm, I'm hopeful i'm hopeful put it that way and I'll, I'll end it at that. <laughs> right. And that could be where we end Destiny. <laughs> I mean, um, no. I mean, that is too bad that you're not having as much fun as, as you did with Destiny as you are with Destiny 2. But, 
We'll save yeah. that for another time. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, yeah, 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 yeah. Another I, time. We'll do that, definitely. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but my last uh, news story is that we are getting a Super Mario cereal that is coming out uh, to the United States. It is expected yes. to be showing up in stores somewhere around December 11th. Um, and so this could obviously vary. Right the corner. Yeah, this could obviously vary from uh, store to store. Or I should say city to city, state to state. Uh, but these kind of look like uh, Lucky Charms to me with their mushroom shapes and their uh, crunchy cereal bits. But the interesting mm. part Here's the really interesting part. This cereal isn't just cereal that you eat. Okay? Because this cereal, this box, is also an amiibo. Oh. <laughs> yes. So you can take this cereal box and you can amiibo it with uh, Super Mario Odyssey. They have it that advertised on the front of the box. But you can use it with Super Mario Odyssey to get extra cool features or stuff uh, in the game itself. Not sure um, what exactly it unlocks, <laughs> but yes, this cereal will also double as an amiibo figure for those collecting. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm laughing over here because when you said that last bit about the cool features, I pictured the cereal box. <laughs> game just <laughs> <running>. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to run chase it and you stomp on it and cereal bits go everywhere no you are the, the you are the cereal box Brad. and you have to one away from the, the, the milk that'd be funny the box is like hopping along and jumping and doing everything Mario does, but like in cereal form. <laughs> that would be pretty great. I can't lie. <laughs> My chest is hurting from laughing. I can't. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I love yeah. it. So, hey man, yeah, I, I hope that happens now. Yeah, I um, I want to pick some up. Because I want to try the cereal and I want to see like how exactly the amiibo is. If it's like a card in the box that's like glued to it, or if it's like in the actual cardboard, or or how. <laughs> right. Well, because I know that I'm they sorry. made, um, I know that they made those trading cards for the Animal Crossing uh, that are amiibos. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm really interested to see how this cereal box works like if it's a special part you can just like cut out and then you have that little piece you don't need to hang on to the actual box of cereal like just a little part and will this work in other games or future games um like what you know what special uh, features is this and it, it really like i think it's really cool like i can't lie <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's <laughs> I, I think it's really I, cool i'll be out I'll be honest, though, I kind of hope, I kind of hope, here's here's a hot take for you, I kind of hope it's not a Lucky Charms style cereal, because I don't like Lucky Charms. So well, we need some, like, I, hot, we need some, like, hot take music. I, I already have the cereal, the box, and it's a, 
It's a something berry cereal with marshmallows. Okay. I think it's a mixed berry. I think it's a mixed berry. And so I can already tell you that they have little, like, star-shaped pieces that I guess are the mixed berry flavor, and then they got marshmallows. And some of them look like one-ups or just regular uh, mushrooms. And I think there's other stars and stuff. But, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll have to. Sh- I hope it comes to to my state. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Sounds Just delicious. It reminds, me, it reminds me. I need to go to Walmart and get Oreo O's because I haven't had those since they came back. Yeah. <laughs> so, See, here's the thing. Give them money. I, I thought it would have been super genius if they called it Super Mario's. Fantastic! You got it. Right that there. that was my yeah. idea. Yeah. It could still be a mixed berry flavor with marshmallows, but yeah, as long as it's not like Captain Crunch type stuff either. Uh, well, it's being made out. by Kellogg's, and I have okay. the feeling that it's going to be as bad as like those. Su- have you seen those Superman and Batman cereals in the store? I have not. You need to go to the cereal aisle more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I, do. Um, I, I, I eat cereal. I just don't eat like. Uh, no, uh, they Kellogg's has like this whole line of cereal, and they have like Superman, Batman. They even had a Frozen cereal. Uh, I think they had a Minion cereal. Uh, all this stuff, and uh, I got to be honest, like the only reason to buy it is because you love the box itself, Both. because the yeah. cereal inside. <clears throat> Is not very good quality cereal, and it's it's pretty bleh. Uh, this has become the cereal cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when we record R&R. at two a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the R&R like, cereal cast. Like man, I, I could really go for some cereal right now. <laughs> Got me a case of the munchies. Yeah, but um. Was that all the? That's all the news. Right? That's all the news, my man. All right, wrap it up. No, 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 no. So we have, we have our main topic of the show, which is the pros and cons of licensed games, and just a discussion about licensed games in general. Mm-hmm. So I actually did not prepare a list in my haste to yep. get my notes ready. And go to bed. <laughs> Did not do that. But on the fly is usually better anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't prepare for this at all either. Um, <clears throat> we so. probably shouldn't say this. We probably shouldn't say this on air. Lack of. <gasps> we'll edit it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we, we, can, we can cut that out. <laughs> yeah. They did not cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so my favorite licensed game is Spongebob Squarepants my mouth is open it doesn't move if if you're watching the YouTube version of this you are seeing right now hopefully a picture of Spongebob Squarepants battle for bikini bottom and South Partners Stick of Truth side by side. I've never played the SpongeBob game, so I can't comment on that one. But the South Park Stick of Truth game is fantastic. It's one of my favorite uh, licensed games. But we'll save that for later on in the discussion. So, what are some of the things that you like about licensed games, my friend? 
Um, well, I think the the biggest thing I like about uh, licensed games, uh, the pro for me is uh, being able to play as is something that I've watched before or seen before um, that I really enjoyed. And uh, you know, the first example, because this is on the cuff that comes to mind, is they made a Samurai Jack game. Back for the PlayStation 2, GameCube. That's right. Yeah. And I, played it. I, and I think the Xbox. Um, I own it on the GameCube, so you're more than welcome to come by and play it. Yeah. Uh, when I when I get up to, uh, you know, in your region. <laughs> Don't say that. Pause. <laughs> Damn it. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and while that game, uh, I would say, like, if I was giving it a grade, I would say it's like a B minus, maybe a B, um, because it's it's not a terrible game, but it's not the greatest game uh, ever. But you know, being able to play as uh, Samurai Jack um, and something that uh, you know before was just a cartoon, and it kind of adds to the story. And honestly, it's probably not canon anymore because uh, Adult Swim went and took it and, and did their own whole shebang or whatever they did um, yes, with it. Yes, need to watch all of it. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's got to be the biggest pro for me is just something that allows me to play um, as my favorite characters that aren't uh, video games because I, I got a lot of video game characters that I really enjoy um, but being able to play as uh, my uh, characters from shows I like you know uh, like I, I'd really love to get a new Star Trek game that isn't based off of the J.J. Abrams universe um, that isn't right, a right, right. free to play MMO <laughs> you know <laughs> like I'd, I'd love to see uh, Telltale games yeah. you know the guys that do um, the Batman, the new, what is it, the Batman Telltale series? Yeah. Um, the, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tales I would. The Borderlands, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see them take Star Trek, like the old Star Trek, and make a game where my choices matter. You know. That would be cool. I I, I would play it. Mm -hmm. I would play it <clears throat> on a new engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um. I don't know what what would be a, a pro for you. You have roboted on me. You did for that last oh, little bit, but I caught sorry. it. You got you got what I said. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah. I I think <clears throat> that one of well, yeah, well my pro would be the same as yours actually because as you were talking about that, the first thing that came to mind was Spider Man for me. Um, <clears throat> I love. I love swinging around New York as Spider-Man. That's one of my favorite things to do in a video game ever. <laughs> and also because Spider-Man is my favorite superhero for multiple reasons. But, you know, it, it's 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 so fun. One of the funnest moments I had was Spider-Man 2. You know, just swinging around the city at that point in time when the graphics were looking really good. You know, swinging around the, that, that, that New York as Spider-Man with all the improved, with the web swing and, you know, how it actually stuck the buildings and things of that nature. It's it's so much fun doing that and <clears throat> doing things like that as as these characters that 
you know we see in movies and comic books and all the other stuff you know right. it's really, regular really books. fun <laughs> for me yeah yeah regular books yeah so you know the uh <clears throat> harry potter is another one that comes to mind for me whether it's playing Quidditch in the Quidditch World Cup game, which I'll get to later, um, <clears throat> or you know running around Hogwarts trying to sneak past the uh, the prefix in the uh, in the older Harry Potter games, you know that kind of stuff is always fun for me too. So see, seeing those worlds come to life in another visual media that you can actually interact with mm-hmm. is is just amazing in my opinion so right because i mean that that does bring up the discussion of uh, games being more uh, interactive art and that you're not just watching a game you're experiencing a game it's yeah Yeah. it's it's not it's not like the other forms of media where it's passive like it's a very active form of media you are you are engaging in it by controlling you know controlling the character or you know whoever it may be in the game right so yeah so um that is pretty good um i'm thinking though i'm gonna throw a monkey wrench at you again what's a con of licensed games a con for me yeah i i guess i guess i mean back in the day you could say this was a con i would still say it is now to some to some some degree it's the amount of time that the studios have to develop the games because the games come out rushed and they're not that good or you know they're not true to the source material or whatever it may be you know things just go wrong with it uh it's broken at launch uh voice acting is bad Uh, it's it's not it's not a complete full uh best you could possibly do experience you know Mm-hmm. You know when 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 movies when you know games would come out alongside movies you know oh we have to get this help of the movie or you know whatever and it just it's just not good so that's my biggest con is that the time needed to develop these things but more so for you know movie tie-ins right <clears throat> they, like like even even the old like, Spider-Man games while they were good you know for the movie's sake you <clears throat> had to do it for the movie so. Right. You know, probably wasn't as good as it could have been. Right. But, yeah. Right, you take a game that takes three years to make, and you give them a year and a half to make it, and odds are it's going to be buggy and bad and, mm-hmm. and not very playable. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and and like I said, that's more so for, you know, a few years ago than now. Right. Well, we don't really... Uh, excuse me. Late at night, people. Give me a break. <laughs> um, but we don't really see uh, too many games that coincide with a movie release. Like, am I wrong? Yeah, we don't see that too much anymore. No, we definitely don't. I was just going to say that. You know, because with the amount of superhero movies that are coming out now, it seems like there's a new one every week. <laughs> um, you know, there's not a Justice League game or a Wonder Woman game. Though I would play it, a Wonder Woman game, I would play the fuck out of that. Hopefully it's good. Um, well, hold on. Uh, I'd play that. Would you not you know, consider Injustice 2 a Justice League game? I see your point. Okay. Mm, I see yeah. your point. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you could do other things with the Justice League. <laughs> you could do other things with that. But I see your point. That's, you know... 
I was talking about the superhero movies and how there's a new one every month and how like we don't we don't we're not seeing a lot of the licensed game based off of movies now, which right. is good. Though you though you could do it if you really wanted to. That's true. Uh, but it does seem like while we're not seeing specific licensed um like Street Fighter the movie the game <laughs> um <clears throat> we are seeing though like uh Lego Marvel 2 just came out and i'm sure it has stuff with like Thor Ragnarok and and other stuff related to some of the other um movies that just came out yeah i'm sure it does I'm sure it does yeah, so <clears throat> there hasn't been a Thor video game, has there? Like, like just one, just one with Thor. You know what there I mean? actually was when the first Thor movie came out. They made a Thor video game. Huh. Don't mm-hmm. remember that. Yep. Yeah, I think it came out on the PlayStation Three, and I think there was a DS version and maybe a Wii version, but I think that was it. Oh, news to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the image when we're done. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. But what's your uh, what's your con? Well, the only con games? I can think of is the Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Go to bed. <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean. I think I'd have to like piggyback off of um, what you said and that um, they get decreased time to uh, develop these. But also, I think it kills creativity. Um, You know, like when you're taking a game, and I've seen this happen before, uh, Nintendo even explicitly says, um, where they take a game and an idea... And like this is what we're making, <clears throat> and then they go, you know, that game won't sell because there's nothing in it. Let's throw this character in there, and let's throw that license character in there, and that'll make it ten times much more of a seller. And so I think it's kind of sad because I do like and I enjoy um, unique games, and in fact, that's I try to support those games um, and show that I want more. Uh, creative games and games that aren't just licensed and based off of uh, licensed material by buying uh, games that are unique or have a unique story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there's so much room for creativity, mm-hmm. you know. You know, you, but you know, at the same time, <clears throat> like you could do a Justice League fighter game where you have all the Justice League characters and villains and all that stuff. Fight, just it's a fighting game, just all of that. Or you could take that same concept and do, you know, <clears throat> you could do, like, a, a strategy game or something, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Just throwing it out there. So, that yeah. kind of, I think that's what you're talking about, I think. Yep. Yep, that is exactly okay. uh, what I'm talking about is, is that, like, you can take, <clears throat> let's say, uh, XCOM 2. So, you can take that. Uh, make a game like that, you know, with aliens and stuff. Or what if they go, okay, XCOM, that's not popular enough. Uh, let's take this idea, but let's make it a Men in Black game. 
and then you got this license and then <clears throat> your main characters are all from the men in black and they're not uh you know it's it's not original they're you're not, not getting yeah uh, if yeah. you get what i'm saying yeah so yeah. i think that's what it does it kills creativity and you know one of my favorite game companies uh way forward um they pretty much make their money on licensed video games like their only game that I'm aware of <clears throat> that is an original game that sold really well was Shantae um, with the genie that dances and morphs into different animals and stuff. <clears throat> oh, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they make that <clears throat> game, but pretty much everything else, when you look at their library of games that they've made, it's a license. They've they've made Barbie games. They, they actually made uh, Contra for Konami. The last great Contra game for the DS, Contra 4, they made that game. Um, And, uh, you know, they've done, like, so many different licenses, uh, games, that it's kind of crazy. Like, that's that's how they make their money. But um, (laughs) the games that I really enjoy from them uh, are the games that aren't licensed, which isn't maybe the best... Uh, company to bring up for that because I also really like their licensed games as well. Like I've actually played their Barbie game that they made, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty fun for a Barbie game." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so probably a so bad example. People are gonna be like, "Maybe they shouldn't record late at night anymore." We're learning some <laughs> weird facts about these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is uh, which was going to be my next thing the pro and that is that it allows uh, game companies that are maybe I don't know if I want to say underfunded but aren't quite fully fledged out or top you know they're not Bioware for God's sakes um, it allows them to create games and get a name for themselves and hopefully allows them to uh, make money and uh, end up becoming a great video game studio that's um, sucked up by EA and brought into their <laughs> EA fold. But it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But that's my that's my whole point is that it just it allows them to uh, develop these games that are licensed so that they can go on to make better games. Um, yeah, yeah, and exactly. so the licensed games a, can kind of yeah, be that. It's a yeah. good way to yeah, it's a good way to get your feet wet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree there. Um, I think another pro, and I believe I already actually stated it in my last one was. The fact that we get to go into these worlds with these characters and we get to engage with them in a way that we don't normally through, like I said, books or movies. Right. So I think that is a plus. And, uh, <clears throat> and I, you know, just like I said, experiencing these characters and getting to interact with them on another level, you know, is in my opinion so that's a, that's a plus for me you did just send me the image for <laughs> yeah. uh, the Thor game yep. God of Thunder 
Yep, PS3 rated a three out of three point six out of five. <laughs> so okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, you can, you can get it for seven dollars. Yep. <clears throat> Pre-owned from GameStop. <laughs> so very cool. Good stuff. Good good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. do you have anything else for this? Um. Oh what? yeah. Favorite licensed game, if you or like game or games, unless you had something else to add. Oh. Um. Well, I, honestly, because again, we're off, off the cuff. We didn't really prepare. Uh, I can't really think of yeah. anything that uh, wouldn't take copious amounts of time so we'll, we'll right. just say yeah i'm done um okay but man like do you already have a favorite license game or did you already say it <laughs> i have a few i could think of offhand yeah because i think i'm gonna need you to talk about that while i think about my favorite license game <laughs> Okay, sure. Well, one of mine I actually mentioned earlier in in our discussion about it was, it, believe it or not, actually the Harry Potter uh, Quidditch game for PS2. The, Qu- the Quidditch game. Yes, the Quidditch World Cup game that they had. You uh you started out like the the first little bit of it was you playing as playing as Harry, you know, at Gryffindor, mm-hmm. and you got to control, you know, Harry and all the other players on Quidditch. And if you're not familiar with how Quidditch works, there's three hoops in the sky. There's three, there's three hoops. You throw the ball through the hoops, you get points. The game only ends once the seeker, once the seeker is caught. <clears throat> the, se- the seeker, the uh, gold, golden snitch, sorry. Uh, once the golden snitch is caught, the game is actually over. So there's two phases to the, the three phases of the game. In, in the actual game on on consoles, you'd play as offense and defense for quit for the, for the team, and then you would control the person going to catch the golden snitch, who I believe they called the seeker. If I remember that right, they called it, they called that person the seeker. Right. So, anyway, um, after you after you complete the the Hogwarts part of it, you would get to go on to play in the Quidditch World Cup with the teams, you know, with the, the teams from all around the world in, you know, in in the world of Harry Potter at that point in time. So there, there was an American team, there was a team, the, I think, I think the Belgian team had Victor Crumb on it. I don't, I'm, my memory is, mis- is probably mistaken at this point in time, but the point is you had different teams and there were, the, the different commentary teams as well for Hogwarts versus the <clears throat> World Cup itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it's so much fun. If I could go back and play it now, I would. I'd probably still be a fucking monster at that game. <laughs> it, just, it was just I was so good at that game. It was so much fun, man. That mm-hmm. that game, so many memories. Yeah, I actually own that yeah, on I'm the GameCube. Yeah, I'm just looking. I need that. Uh, yo, when I make it up there, we're playing. I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> oh, I bet you will. <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, I'll be like, spoilers. yeah, I'll be like, how do I? Why isn't my vacuum working? I don't get it. <laughs> I I love that game so much, man. It, it talking about it now is giving me some fond memories. Oh man, it's great. It's great. But that's cool. uh, another another one that's more recent that I love is South Park The Stick of Truth. Right. Um, that game is fantastic. <laughs> I am a South Park fan, but I haven't uh, been watching it as of late 
Um, but I am I was familiar with the jokes and everything that were in the first in the sixth truce game. Mm-hmm. They 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 nailed it. They did such a good job of making you actually feel like you were playing through an episode of the of the show. And there's some great stuff in there. One of my favorite bits uh, was when you went to Canada. Everything became like eight bit and blocky, and the the music and everything. The the whole world completely changes. So spoiler alert for you there, my friend. Um, but when yeah. when you when you get there, you will you will appreciate it. I hope, and you will laugh your head off the first time you get to Canada. And you have to see how they change the world space versus versus South Park. <clears throat> going to right. it's it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I buy you big. enough time? You did because uh, okay. I decided that I was going to say my favorite licensed uh, game is Batman: uh, Arkham Asylum. And that's that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's still and, my favorite. And while I could have said Arkham City, or even Arkham Knight, <clears throat> which are both uh, really good, um, Arkham Asylum though, it started everything. Like, it started a whole yeah. new genre of, um, I guess, deflect or what do they call it? Defend grapplers where you're waiting for them to attack so that you can beat them up and encounter uh their moves yeah yeah like Um, every game from that point was just oh hey we're gonna do arkham's combat right but not as (laughs) good yeah yeah pretty much and even with uh, city and night it's like how can we make this game better bigger all right (laughs) yeah you know yeah they improve on the the free flow once you get to night is insane. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't enjoy Arkham Knight a whole lot for various reasons, the combat, the free flow combat, is insane. It's yeah. so much fun putting together these model, putting together these combos of like 120, 200 some hits on people. It's insane. Right. It's insane. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, and and I enjoy. Um, I mean, I enjoy Batman games. Period. Like, I even have uh, the old Batman Begins game, and I actually bought... The one um, on the Super Nintendo? <laughs> no. This is the one it's on the, fucking... the GameCube. The one that oh, is okay, based around the Christian Bell movie. That's another licensed oh, game, okay, by the that way, that's good. actually based on a movie. <laughs> um, but it's not really that great. <laughs> so that's why it's not on the list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's not a terrible game. Um, and it was actually published by EA, but it's not a great game either. Um, but no, even worse, um, I actually have a game called Batman, I think it's Dark Tomorrow? Dark Tomorrow? Yes, Batman Dark Tomorrow. Was that was that a PlayStation game? You could get it on the PlayStation, game? but I bought it I like, I on like the GameCube. That, I feel like I played that. <laughs> you may have, um, because... This is arguably one of the worst games of all time. Um, because the game, like, you play as Batman, but, like, the camera in it is kind of like Resident Evil-style camera. So, like, oh, yeah. you have a set camera, and you're running around, and then you'll, like, run towards the camera or whatever, and then the camera will shift uh, to a new perspective yeah. or whatever. 
Um, and uh, again, I actually enjoyed it and I, I beat it back in the day, but <laughs> um, I think a lot of people probably don't like it and would arguably say it's one of the, the worst licensed games uh, of all time. But again, yes, I... I fucking did play this yeah. game, bro. Sorry, yeah. I was, I was, I pulled it up on YouTube real quick. And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember this game. So yeah, so um, I do love me some Batman. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I think Arkham Asylum uh, started. It melded really great gameplay with a really great story. And yeah, the, the Arkham story, the storyline is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would argue that it elevated the licensed game to a point where they had to be good if they uh, wanted to, um, I guess, take a part of the spotlight from Arkham Asylum yeah. because it was yeah. so good. Mm-hmm, exactly, and be taken more seriously. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. In fact, completely unrelated to licensed games, but I do wonder what Rocksteady is working on. Yeah, so do I. I really do. Yeah, I, I wish really they. I'm interested. I wish they did announce something about it, please. <laughs> yeah, announce something already. Watch, it's the new Mega Man <laughs> game. They're making the new Mega Man game. Or, or you know, take your time and we'll talk about it when, <laughs> when, when, when you're ready. That's cool. Right. <laughs> so I think we've uh, we've gone on enough about that but yep. for our community segment this week we would like to know what is your favorite licensed game or games if you have more than one it's quite alright we'll take a list mm-hmm. but yeah that's so uh, we'll leave that question of the week for you guys and we'd like to get some responses from you so get back to us and we'll read your answers next week on the episode yeah yeah I think uh, that's it it's 2.30 a.m. I think it's time we call it yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna party all night long. All night. No, we're not. We're done. All we're night. out of here. <laughs> that was the most. That's the quietest one I've done since I started doing it. <coughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode twenty-four, the Quiet Cast of the R and R Gaming Podcast. The Quiet uh, Cast. So I'm gonna call the episode the Quiet Cast. <laughs> Before we get out of here, Ken, tell them where to find us for the podcast. Yeah, so you can find can you? you can find us on Twitter, uh, myself at MacroboV, that's M-A-C-R-O-B-O-V. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at R&R Gaming Pod, that's R-A-N-D-R Gaming P-O-D. Um, Joystick is also on Twitter at J-O-Y-S-T-I-K-E-N-T and you can find my good friend Byron on Twitter at Ron1417, that's capital B R-O-N 1417 <laughs> you can also find me on Twitch streaming whenever I feel like it these days at Twitch under, or B underscore Ron1417 that's B underscore Ron1417 I picked up Life is Strange the uh, Before the Storm I picked that up for Black Friday sales, so when I get some time, I do plan on streaming a full playthrough of that game. So look forward to that. I'll post when I go live for that and all that business. And we are also on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube at R&R Gaming Podcast. You can type that in the search bar. Find that there. 
We're also on Castbox. Castbox. You can find us there under mm-hmm. the same name, R&R Gaming Podcast. You can correct me on anything that I may have gotten wrong or flubbed up because my tiredness can. Um, no, I mean, it sounded pretty good. It's just uh, on castbox.fm. You can find it on the App Store uh, or on the Android Play Store. Thank um, you. I left that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, it sounded pretty good, my man. <laughs> So, once again, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It was a special quiet one. I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and I'm hoping that I only have to do one more of these uh, before the holidays end at work. Um, if you did enjoy this, consider liking the YouTube page, liking, liking the video, giving the YouTube page a subscribe, and hit that bell down there to get notified. And subscribe on CastBox. We're working on getting a few other ways to get this out to you guys as well. Um, iTunes we're working on. Or we're going to start working on it. So we have a lot of things coming for you guys soon. Hopefully we can get these things going and get it moving. Get it bigger, bigger, bigger and better process to everyone involved. So, so Ken, um, they should come back next week <laughs> for another quiet episode. Because, <laughs> because everyone could use a little more sleep. No, wait, that's not right. Because everyone could use a little more R and R. Probably like, yeah. all right, my man, I'll...